Here we go, another week, another day, another dollar. This is Robin O'Neill. You're listening to me reading stuff. Uh, how is everybody? Hopefully all is well in your respective worlds. Things are okay here. Uh, you know, just same old, same old. Me, working away at this drawing. I anticipate being done with the actual drawing part of it. Uh in a few days, believe it or not. I w- well, I'll say by Sunday, I'm gonna be done. And Damien has, we've agreed that when I'm fully done with it, we are taking a little one night trip to our favorite hotel slash restaurant. So, and there's even a spa and I have never been one to partake in a spa. I don't like massages I from strangers. I don't like, I just don't, I'm not into it. I'm always uncomfortable and I, and I feel this pressure to like make friends with whoever's treating me to whatever it is, whether it be a massage or a facial or whatever. But I think I might do it because my body is just falling apart. Since last talking to you guys, even more shit's happened. And there's a mysterious bruise on my hand that is one of those... You know, bruises, when they get to be that orange, yellow, green color, they're the most disgusting things. So I have one of those that I have to look at every time I'm drawing, and it's annoying me. Anyway, and I woke up with a crick in my neck, which is, you know, these aren't the end of the world kind of problems, but they're very annoying when I'm already dealing with a lot. Oh, and I told you guys how I went to the dentist. Well, um... What I'm doing is, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, about, God, it must have been 15 years ago now, I fell off on my bike at night. I went over the handlebars, and I can't remember if it was, yeah, I think it was the concrete that knocked half of my half of one of my front teeth out. So I have, um, half of that tooth is fake. And over that many years of being a major tea and coffee drinker, you know, it discolors differently, and... It's driving me crazy. So right now I look, it's like um, half of it is a brighter white and the other half is a, you know, duller brownish white. And it's not cool. It's not like ombre or anything. You don't want ombre teeth, but this is kind of looking like an ombre hairstyle on my tooth. And it's, I knew eventually I'm going to have to deal with this. And you, you kind of have to get a it recapped anyway eventually. So I don't want to. Did I already mention all of this on here? I can't remember. Well, anyway, so I'm in the middle of this whitening treatment at home. I had custom trays made, and now I'm trying to whiten my teeth so that they don't have to put, like, a brown cap on it. I am really fearful that I already mentioned all of this on here last week, but who cares? Whatever. And, hey, if you're new to the show, welcome. This is Robin O'Neill talking about my teeth. Uh, So, long story short, I can't drink coffee right now. There's no coffee in my life, and that is really difficult (laughs) because your teeth are more porous when you're in this process, so they're going to get even more discolored if you drink coffee or red wine or whatever. And again, I don't even drink caffeine. I drink decaffeinated coffee because of my heart problems, and I'm just like, uh, this is sad. Uh, It's driving me crazy just because I really, one of the ways I get through these large drawings that are so labor intensive is the joy I have with liquids. You know, they call me Robin 
three liquids O'Neill. Uh, I always have a kombucha, a water, and a coffee with me at all times. So this is, this is challenging. Like right now, my morning drink of choice was a Topo Chico, which I do love a Topo Chico. I love the intensity of the fizz on a Topo Chico, but it's not coffee, you know? And I keep thinking, the whole time I'm saying all this, I keep going, go ahead and have a coffee. Who cares anymore? And I kind of don't care. And my teeth haven't gotten that much whiter anyway. I feel like I just kind of naturally have not the brightest white teeth. So, and and again, why do I care? Am I a celebrity? Am I a model? No to both of those questions. Anyway, I'll be back soon. I'm going to be drawing and drinking my Topo Chico. Check in with you guys in a bit. Update, I did make a coffee. I just put extra cream in it, so it's less healthy, but it's not as dark. And then um, I called the dentist, and they said, you know, just try to drink it not, not slowly. Try to drink it pretty quickly, and then rinse down rinse water and then brush your teeth a half hour later. So I can do that. It seems like I can handle this. I was thinking, you know, most people do have a caffeine need. And if, you know, so other people have had to do this in the past, I'm assuming. I've been, I've been watching documentaries and drawing in the meantime, by the way. So we're catching up a couple hours later. And I was thinking about how not long ago I went on some of Damien's tour on the West Coast, if you guys remember. And I had seen all of these beautiful things. I was in Big Sur. And, you know, if you remember, I went to the Henry Miller Library, which is so gorgeous and has so many books that I was, you know, obsessing over. And I took so many photos. And I was thinking how sad it is that life has been I mean, this isn't true for everyone, so I don't want to speak for everyone, but life is just so busy for most people and definitely has been for me where I realized I never even looked at the photos from that little trip. And it kills me because I had to look back and get something off of my phone and I have my phone turned off today. So it was, I was like, I better do everything I need to do while I have this turned on. And it just made me sad, like thinking about how there's never any time to just, I don't know, digest and um, remember and, and, and kind of explore. And I don't know when that started for me because I remember being younger and my favorite things always after a trip, usually it was only an art trip. I never took vacations, but Let's say I go and do a lecture at some university and I'm on my trip home and I always have my composition book with me. And those trips home on the airplane were always my favorite where I sit there and I write, you know, write about things I saw or I draw little images of what I saw at a museum or a gallery. I I usually plan all of my future drawings in those moments. So it's the moments after the events that are really important to me as a processor and an image maker. And I just, I don't know where that went away. I mean, A, I haven't been taking plane trips really. And that is a part of it. But I just think also I'm just running on empty so often and I pack my days so full. Regret, that's, a, that's a big regret I'm having 
because there's never any time to just be. I say that and I know that's not true of everybody. If anybody has some advice on how to do that. I mean, I live with somebody who will sit in a chair and just think for a long time. And that is something I admire so much, but I would never allow myself that time. (laughs) So I can't be that extreme about my ruminating and processing. However, I've got to have more than what I do. The fact that I've never even taken a moment to think or write one sentence about things I saw on that recent trip, one of the only trips I've taken since COVID, is not okay with me. I mean, I wish I could dial up somebody who's going to give me more time every day, but that's not going to happen. I think the only solution is for me to purposefully step away from active working. And I know that is true of everything that I need to do. Exercise, sleep, take walks, you know, think, spend time with people I love. You know, this is the solution. And yet, uh, what is it? Acrasia. I refuse. I know what's good for me and I don't do it. Human beings are a nightmare, especially this one. I just saw this book in my pile of books over here, and it's called 15-Minute Watercolor Masterpieces. And it's a book I got for my dad. I mean, he has a copy, and now I have a copy. And it's so... It it should be embarrassing to me that I wanted this book, being that I'm an artist, and this is kind of made for newcomers to trying to watercolor. But my dad was so cool. A while back, he just really wanted to learn to draw and watercolor. And he had done a really good job taking these. He got a book about basic drawing skills and learned colored pencils, graphite, cross-hatching, that kind of thing. And then he wanted to move on to watercolors because he's always loved watercolors. And I kind of did a little research and found this book. And I love, let me go grab it so I can tell you guys the, not that any, I don't know that any of you guys will want it, but hold on. I mean, most of you guys who listen, it seems like I have a lot of artists who listen and you wouldn't need this if you've, you know, learned to watercolor in another way. But the reason I, oh, it's Anna Kaliadik, K-O-L-I-A-D-Y-C-H, Kaliadik, Kaliadich, I have no idea, Um, founder of Dear Ann Art, create frame-worthy art in just a few simple steps. Well, anyway, it seems funny (laughs) that I have it, but I truly like it. Like one of the ones I did when I was helping my dad kind of start this this book, um, which one was it? It's like learn to draw or learn to watercolor a watermelon or something like that. And I really had fun and it made me, I don't know how many other visual artists out there kind of have a fantasy of just kind of approaching these things like craft every once in a while. Oh, I did this one. I did, there was like um, plants, indoor plants, like potted plants. That's it. Potted plants. (laughs) And I copied her exact one and made a thank you card out of it. But anyway, does anybody else have this uh, desire to basically, at times I want to just erase everything about my way of creating and just be, you know, 
Like a 44-year-old woman who's been, I don't know, a dental hygienist to go with the theme of the day their whole life and never really knew how to draw, never was really, you know, even drawn to the arts, who suddenly is like, you know, realizes that thing that most people do at a certain point where creating with your hands is a very human thing. It's it's like everyone has it in them in some in some way, in my opinion. And people just like to make things for the most part. And so I wish I could see it like that. I, I really would love to. And, you know, my parents and I went to um, this pottery place when they visited last summer and we all made deviled egg trays. <laughs> and it was just so much fun you know to have that what is that that fresh attitude towards making things is something that's really hard to do uh, that uh, when you do this as a job I guess but I did it another time I remember after my um hell drawing I long story short if you're new to the show again welcome I don't know if you drunk stumbled upon this podcast or if you purposely got here but I'm glad you did um Anyway, I once made a drawing that took a little over three years to make, and I worked 18-hour days every day of those years except for 12 days, and it was absolute insanity and painful and awful. Um, And afterwards, long story short, a million bad things happened after I presented it to the world, and I was beyond depressed. And then I was kind of lost as an artist for a long time. And one of the things I wanted to do, I think because of the same desire I had to buy this 15 minute watercolor masterpieces book, was to just connect with my original child self about why I loved making art. And so the Michaels craft store near my house in the valley outside of LA had Um, I think it was called something like learn to paint a seascape. And if you don't know my work, I've drawn anyway, a lot of oceans and, you know, currently I'm spending months drawing a version of an ocean here. And I just thought how ridiculous and fun is this going to be for me? And I remember it was a weird experience. You know, you got... You paid for the class and you got like an 18 by 12 canvas, one of those ones that isn't even stretched, like a canvas board. And we all were supposed to paint the same seascape. It was like a sailboat and whatever. And we were doing some prep work on the first class. And I remember saying, I want, I can't remember what I had told the teacher. I didn't say that I was an artist at all. I just acted like I was a, you know, normal human, a civilian. And I can't remember what I asked. I was like, I really want to put something in the corner of this. And she was like, she explained very sweetly, well, you know, you can actually, whatever it is you want to paint, you just simply Google that word and you can hit the tab. There's a tab there that you can hit a button that says images, and you can find any image of anything you want. (laughs) I'm I'm not not making fun of her, because truly, probably, maybe, 
maybe a lot of people go into that class not knowing that, but I'm like, oh my God. And I'm looking at it right now. My enormous amount of file folders that are per- per- perfectly organized of all of my source material, like feet, hands, left hands, right hands, birds, nocturnal plants, men's heads, the back of men's heads, sweatsuits, Nike tennis shoes. I mean, it, it, <laughs> tree stumps, volcanoes, you name it, I have a folder for it. Um, and it was just sweet and simple. And I really, I still to this day wish I could lead a double life and have some sort of more typical normal ass job and then come home, uh, make dinner, watch TV, read and go to bed, do that Monday through Friday. And then on weekends, maybe on Saturday afternoon, you make a painting. Doesn't that sound good? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe to some people who have that life, my life sounds good, but I, I think their life is better. I really, truly do. I don't know. Anyway, I was looking at that book as I was preparing to come back on here and I'm that 15 minute watercolor and I'm just going, oh my God, I want to just take a week and get away and read and do little crafty projects so badly. Do you guys think I should? One of my favorite things about living in Washington state is, and I don't know where else this is true, but here when you're leaving a a restaurant or grocery store or whatever, and you know, have a, have a nice rest of your day. Everywhere I've ever lived before, people say you too, but here they say you as well, which I find so beautiful. And, um, yeah, just really nice. And I've finally gotten used to, I always felt kind of like a, I don't know, like brutish when I would accidentally say you too back. And I normally don't take on my environment's things. Like I don't talk like a Valley girl, even though I lived in the Valley and I never said y'all, even though I moved from Nebraska to Texas and I didn't sound like Mike Ditka or whoever's from Chicago when I lived there. But I, this is the one time I've ever taken on an environmental (laughs) or I don't know, a regional uh, expression like that. And I really, really love it. What do you guys say? You too? You as well? Is there some something I've never heard of that you guys say? I want to hear it. Also, what are you guys eating for breakfast these days? Hit me up. Let me know on Instagram or Twitter. It's Robin underscore O'Neill. R-O-B-Y-N underscore O-N-E-I-L. By the way, you guys, if it's not obvious, I'm still doing the recording little by little in like a collage style experience on the podcast, like I'm writing you an audio letter rather than sit down and record it all in one take. Um, and, and so far, ever since I've started doing this, some of you regular listeners have said a big thumbs up to this. So I'm going to ask another time, does it change anything? Does it, I mean, I know sometimes I've gone much, much longer than I used to. But other than that, has it changed anything in a negative way? Are you fine with it? Is it not that big of a deal? 
Do you want me to shut up and stop asking you questions? Um, let me know. At this point, it is making it easier and more pleasurable because I do, I do everything in spurts anyway where I'll be drawing and then suddenly I need to go find a book that I thought of. I'll be drawing and then I'll suddenly need to go find my phone and text my mom a question um, or pull up a recipe or whatever. And, and so it's also when I have these needs, these moments of needing to express something or ask something to you guys to talk to you guys about something, it's very nice to just run over here I just have been trying to keep my microphone connected to my computer and I just, you know, leave my drawing for a split second, come on over and talk for, for a little bit. So it's working for me. Is it working for you? I also have, this is like survey time or something. I, I need a lot. I want input. So I'll be, you know, I, I did have to close my shop because of the intensity of, of studio time right now. Uh, my book is still available if you haven't gotten 20, I almost just said 50 years of drawing. Robin O'Neill, 20 years of drawing, feels like 800 years of drawing at this point. I'm exhausted. Uh, you can still get that, but um, all my other fun stuff on the shop is not available until the spring, probably early May. And you know, I've, I make things all the time when I get out of my studio, making things with yarn and what have you. I was wondering if there's anything you guys think it, like that you've liked having available the most, because a lot of the Me Reading Stuff listeners are the ones who um, frequent the shop and buy things. So do you like the modeliers? Do you like the ceramics the most? Um, what else is there? Weavings, tapestries. I'm working on a tapestry that I'm definitely going to put up there, I think, uh, and I'm really excited about it. But I'm just curious for you guys who listen and give a shit about me in some form or fashion, which things you actually like me to provide to the shop. Because I definitely want to continue doing the shop. As soon as I'm done with this crazy process, I'm ready to start rolling on that. So let me know on that. And without further ado, I think it's time to start reading. So I'm very excited. You guys know one of the biggest, I would say, contributors to the show in that she often recommends some of the best poetry I've read on here is the great poet Stephanie Gehring. That's G-O-E-H-R-I-N-G. I've read her work on here. I read from a recent publication of hers that is called From the Water Inaudible. And the inaudible is in uh, parentheses or brackets. And, you know, I've talked to you guys endlessly about the genius of Stephanie. And she was posting on her Instagram several times about this book. And the little bits that she kind of teased her viewers with um, were so intriguing took me a while to track this book down, but I'm going to be reading from Phone Bells Keep Ringing for Me by Choi Sung-ya. That is the South Korean feminist poet and translator. Um, and I'll put a link in the description to Action Books. That's, that's who published Phone Bells Keep Ringing for Me, which, by the way, isn't that a great title? And Choi Sung-ya is, you know, I don't know a lot about her, 
other than this book that I've now read. I took it with me. I had to get an infusion yesterday, and so I had a lot of time to kill while that was going on, sitting in this little cozy chair. I, I, I got through the whole thing in about an hour and a half or an hour, and it is a frightening book in a lot of ways, frightening book of poetry, threatening almost, and very consumed with death, and uh, a lot about food and what we put in our bodies <laughs> but that sounds like I'm telling you this is a diet poetry book which by the way new genre good idea for you guys whoever's first to write the new diet poetry book I will be the first to uh, read that on the podcast um I'm gonna just I've I've uh, marked a few of them and I, I'm gonna just gonna I'm gonna start with the first one in the book but anyway visit action books and see if you can find one of these I Finally tracked one down through IndieBound, which is my favorite place to go when I have trouble finding something. But this was published in 2020, and it's a great collection of, of Sung Ya's work. Um, yeah, I'm just very taken with her. <laughs> I don't really know what to say. Let's, let's read one. This one is called Already I. Already I was nothing. Mold formed on stale bread. Trail of piss stains on the wall, a maggot-covered corpse a thousand years old. Nobody raised me. I was nothing from the beginning, sleeping in a rat's hole, nibbling on the flea's liver, dying absent-mindedly in any old place. So don't say you know me when we cross paths like falling stars. I don't know you, I don't know you, you, thou, their happiness, you, thou, their love. That I am alive is no more than an endless rumor. Whoa, that ending. That I am alive is no more than an endless rumor. That's the quote I'm going to have to use. Uh, you guys know that I still write little quotes in the description of every podcast at the bottom. I'd love to direct you there. I used to write little tales, little things. And now I'm writing, I always give the uh, writer, whoever I'm reading, I give them a quote. And then I do a quote which is usually something brilliant by the writer I've read on that podcast, and then something super dumb by me. Like, you know, I'll just talk. I made Tater Talk Casserole this week or whatever. Okay, let's read 30 Years Old. Here we go. When you can't live like this or die like this, the age of 30 comes. You wave a white handkerchief, painful as a toothache, and beg with the wide-open whites of your eyes. My dreams are... A cancer cell sprouts in my stomach, getting married, a poison wide awake in my liver and intestines, death's traffic light blinks red in my two eye sockets, my blood is jelly, my fingernails sawdust, and my hair wire. A disembodied shade goes forth through the endless mineral fog, while birds with no new dreams dream of flying to memories Golgotha to bury their bones. A white handkerchief drops and the eyes shudder up their white glare. Oh, happy, happy, happy surrender. Shameless faced, we are happy. There you go. That's all I'm going to read from this one. I really highly recommend it. Again, Choi Sung-ya, South Korean feminist poet. Phone bells keep ringing for me from Action Books. 
And thank you to Stephanie Gehring for her endlessly insightful and wild recommendations. I don't know that she actually directly recommended it to me. It's just that parts that she was showing, I noticed. I have a DVD here. I told you guys, I am almost giving up on streaming. I almost can't take it anymore. I, I hate to be that guy, but I am that guy because it's just aggravating. The other day, here's what was going on. Okay, I do have an iTunes account. I've had the same Mac email address for like 2,000 years. And I was, you know, one of the first people to get one of those when they came out because I was, I had a, I don't even know when that was, a long, long, long time ago. And so I have an iTunes account. I've used it a million times, right? I know the password. I know everything about it. I am, I was watching, it was like a, I think it was a 2020 episode about Chippendales, the male dancers, bikini dancers, like Magic Mike, right? In the 80s. And it was all about the people who started Chippendales and the murder for hires that happened as a result of business dealings and all sorts. It was very fascinating. And I did not realize that, um, what's his name? Paul Snyder, who I knew as the guy Eric Roberts plays in Star 80, that movie uh, starring him and Muriel Hemingway. So I was like, whoa. So Paul Snyder is the one who had the idea for Chippendales, which was the first male kind of strip dance club there was. And... um, I, I was blown away by that. And there was a lot of information about him that I had never heard because I only really knew about him as the guy who killed his Playboy model girlfriend. So, and this movie, Star 80, I was getting on iTunes. I was like, I'm going to rent it because I used to have it. And again, as I told you guys, divorce, phantom limb, object syndrome. Where's my Star 80 DVD? I have no idea. It's gone. It's missing. So that's Okay. We'll rent it. You know when you're like really in the mood to just watch something right then and there and you do not want to wait? Well, I was in that mood. So not a problem. They had it available. I was so excited. I typed in my damn password about 50 million times. In all honesty, it was at least 17 times. And I I kept saying, rent now and watch now. Whatever that option was, that button never went through. I don't know. It would just then go, not blank. It would just act like nothing happened. And after the 17th time, I just gave up and I immediately ordered the DVD. So little did I know, Bob Fosse directed this movie. But I highly recommend Star 80. Now, I'm a huge Eric Roberts fan, so there's that. I don't know that I'm a huge Muriel Hemingway fan, but and I don't remember what I think about her in this one, but I'm very excited to see it again. Um, but yeah, Bob Fosse, Cabaret, Lenny, all that jazz, and Star 80. So that's my story about streaming. And there's just other things. I'm just so sick of it. I love the action now of getting DVDs out and sticking them in. I used to, I remember when streaming first became very normal. I was like, I can't believe I used to get up and go put in a DVD and then get out another remote and start dealing with that remote to watch this DVD. And uh, now I really revel in it. I like working for my shit. You know what I mean? You got to work to enjoy things sometimes. And that's what I feel about these. And Damien and I are highly enjoying. Remember when we got 
our VHS TV combo uh, and put it a little mini one and put it, which are becoming very hard to find. If anyone's interested, it is very difficult to find those. Um, Cause you know, they all break. Anyway, we got one and it broke about six months in. We got another one and Damien got me all of these VHS tapes, VHS tapes where people recorded daytime TV from the um, 80s and 90s. And oh my God, it's like every time I do laundry, I, you know, lay all the stuff out on the bed and just hit play on any of them. And it's just like, even the commercials are fun. Uh, there's a Clorox one that you may remember if you're as old as me. And it was like a robot in with all these clean clothes. And it was saying, your color's pretty and white's brights too. Liquid Clorox too. And I was so excited to hear that again. Like a lot of memories come up when you watch these things. There was also, I think, a hair commercial with Natasha Kinski. And I'm like, I don't remember her doing hair commercials. That's so crazy. Uh, what else? I don't know. Just endlessly entertaining. There's a there's a one tape that somebody recorded all of these TV shows called Generations. And I had never even heard of that. But all of these famous people are on it. Uh, like Vivica Fox is on on this show. It's a and it's a crazy soap opera. Really good. Everybody's just kind of weird and oh my god. So anyway, I'm loving that. This has been what is Robin watching corner. Oh my god. Today I watched. Oh what? Oh my god. I don't know what it was called. Let me let me look this up really quick uh, because I watched it on YouTube. So there's a story of these two two young boys who murdered a they're like eight nine years old and they murdered um a two or three year old it was called the james bulger murder inside uh, something the boys who killed a child or something it was australian 60 minutes the saddest story i have watched in a long time these boys are pure evil they were a little bit outside of liverpool and they were all at a mall and this cute little two-year-old James Bulger, adorable little kid, he's kind of running around. His mom's trying to control him. She, I can't remember if she dropped her bag or something happened. She barely takes her eyes off of him and he runs. And then these kids just take him away. There's, there is footage of it. You can see the security footage in this mall uh, in the early nineties. And they just hold his hand, walk him away and they brutally torture him and kill him. And then he gets run over by a train. And it is the saddest, it's, it, 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 like I can tell I'm gonna be in a upset mood for a long time over this. And I don't know, I mean, maybe this is just my reaction now, but I really doubt it. I found out these kids are free and they're out there. And one of them has been gone back to prison also for a while, but not for long for um, having child pornography, like violent child pornography and torture videos. So I don't know, guys, there are people who can't be rehabilitated. Sorry if you have a different opinion. And I might as well go ahead and say this as I love to, if you are a bigot of any kind, if you are a racist, if you are transphobia phobic, if you are have any problems with gay people or gay rights, if you are a murderer or a child molester, get the 
fuck out of here. That's right. You're not welcome here. You guys are the only people not welcome in this podcast. Everybody else, grab a seat, pull up a chair, grab your drink, whether it, even if it's going to stain your teeth, I want you here with me. You guys, that's all I've got for today. Uh, definitely uh, think about buying phone bells keep ringing for me. I want to thank everybody who reaches out and says what they like and don't like about the show. If you would, I would appreciate you giving this podcast a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Apple Podcasts would be a good place to do that. I don't ask for a lot. I don't ask for your money. I just think reviewing it helps bring more people to the podcast, which I really like. I love this community. One day we're all going to meet up. We're going to have a fun festival of French fries and talking and crying and hugging and God knows what else. Movies. I, I just feel like this is my community, even though I never get to see you guys. So, all right, you guys, I'm off. I've decided to uh, stay up until I'm done with this drawing. So wish me luck. I'll see you at the hospital. I love you. I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.